You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. All right, tonight I want to preach from the book of Genesis, chapter number 24. The book of Genesis, chapter number 24. Now, a good number of you here tonight don't have your Bibles. So if you don't have your Bibles, I'll just read a few verses. I won't read a ton, because if I read a lot, then those of you that don't have your Bibles won't be able to read along with us. If you have one, please look at it in Genesis chapter 24. I'm also glad to have a young man with me who's very special to me from my church. And tonight after the service, we've got to go further down to Charlotte, North Carolina, because I've got to be in Georgia tomorrow. So he's going to help me drive. He actually brought my car down here to me today and my wife and daughters went back up uh, they went back up home because they've got school my daughters have to get back in school so Chasten came down and I'm glad he did wave your hand all right can y'all give him a hand tonight very very special to me and I'm so glad that he's here it makes it easier for me to get to Georgia so I'm so glad about that Genesis chapter 24 I want to take your attention and direct it to a verse in this passage of scripture, chapter number 24, verse number 27. First three words say, and he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who have not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Everybody that can say it, say amen. All right, let's pray together. Lord, bless our time. Use it for your honor and glory. I pray for the young people that are listening to me as I preach tonight. Help the words that I say not to be my words, but your words. Thank you for this pastor, for this church, for these workers, for the adults, many of them that may not even be here tonight, but they've given so that they could have a meeting like this. It's worth the nine that got saved last night, but could be some more tonight, Lord. Do a great work. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to preach what you'd have me preach. Help me to be a blessing. Bless my wife and family while I'm gone. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Genesis chapter 23, the chapter before this one, Abraham's wife, Sarah died. They've been married a long time. Can you imagine a man losing his wife that he's been married to a long time? That was very hard for him. In chapter number 24, Abraham's old, well stricken in age. And the Bible says he's getting close to die too. Listen to me. If you live long enough, you're going to die. It's part of life. So Abraham's going to die soon. He knows that his time's coming short. He knows that he's old, and he knows that he's not going to live forever. And by the way, you don't have to be old to die. Unfortunately, as a preacher, sometimes I have to do funerals for teenagers, sometimes for babies. Death doesn't care how old you are. Every single person, whether you're old or whether you're young, you have to die. But the older you get, you're closer to death and you're more likely to die sooner. So Abraham is getting closer to die. And as he was, as he was an old man, closer to dying, there were a number of things in his mind that he wanted to do before he died. How many of you have some things you'd like to do before you died? All right. 
You don't have to tell me what they are, all right? I hope it's not bungee jump because I didn't say do before you die. I said do before you die, not do in order to die, all right? Well, this is what, this is what Abraham was thinking about. His son Isaac needed a wife. Now, Isaac was a miracle child. Every child really is a miracle. You have to understand that if you were born to your parents, if your mother gave birth to you, the doctor may have been the one that pulled you out and celebrated the fact that you were born. Your mother may have been the one that carried you in her stomach, but God's the one that gave you life. So life comes from God. He gives life and he takes life. He decides when life is given. He decides when life should end. Uh, Abraham had a child and Sarah gave birth to that child when she was old. She was an old woman, like 90 years old. And, and this was not when mothers gave birth to children. You see, 90-year-old women don't have babies, but this woman did because God did a miracle. You know what's good about God? He does stuff nobody else can do. Well, that miracle baby was Isaac. Everybody say, Isaac. So he was special. God had made promises to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to multiply your seed. In other words, I'm going to make you such a great person. Even though you may not think you're great, I'm going to make something great out of you. And your family is going to produce a lot of kids. And from your family, the nation of Israel is going to be born. So Abraham, you're going to have a great nation become of you. You're going to be the start of a great people called Israel. And Israel is the group of people that the whole Old Testament is about. It all started with Abraham. So Isaac is that son, and for God to keep his promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac has to have the right wife so Isaac can have kids, and his kids can have kids, and his kids can have kids, and his kids. Isaac needs a good wife. Abraham says, I want to make sure before I die, my son Isaac has a wife. And I want to make sure that the wife that he has is the right wife. Can I tell you something? As a married man, it makes a big difference if you marry the right wife. It's God's design that you only get married once. So if you get married once, you want to marry the right person. I heard one preacher say years ago, it was Dr. Bobby, Rob, Dr. Bobby Robertson who pastored Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. He said, Kenny, you'd rather go through life wanting something you never had rather than having something you never wanted. You want the right wife. Some of you right now, you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, I'm not thinking about a wife. Oh, you will soon. Oh, fellas, you will. And it's a blessing to have the right wife, but it's a curse to have the wrong one. So Abraham's thinking, I got to find my son Isaac a wife. He's got to have the right wife, not just a woman, not just a cute girl. She's got to be the right wife. God's choice for her, but I've got to find her. So what is he going to do? He's going to pick his oldest servant, his best servant, the one he trusts the most. And he's going to take this servant and say, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to assign you to go back to my homeland and find my son Isaac a wife. Now, I'll tell you something. I appreciate my dad. I appreciate my youth pastor. I appreciate other preachers that love me. I appreciate my mom. I appreciate my older brother, my older sister. I appreciate church members in my church that really love me, but I don't want nobody picking my wife. That's what happened here in Genesis 24. Abraham's servant is going to pick his son Isaac a wife. Now I want you to think about this servant. Talk about a job. You got to go pick somebody else's wife. <laughs> now what if he looks at her and goes, oh, she's a beautiful wife, but she's a liar. She's a gorgeous wife, but she's a mean woman. Or what if he looks at her and says, eh, 
She don't look like much, but at least she loved God. <laughs> How do you know? How, how do you know? How do you know by looking at her if she's right? How do you, do you, do you get a feeling? Is, 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 there, is, there like, is there like some Cupid that has an arrow that you, or is, is, is there a ding, 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 ding that goes on over her head? Does, does he hear a voice inside of you? Oh, yeah, that's her. Oh, yeah, that's her. You better grab her. No, no. How does he know? I'm going to tell you something. When he leaves and goes to look for Isaac, a wife, this guy is under a lot of pressure. He can't mess up. He can't bring the wrong one. He can't bring back one that he thinks is right if she's not right. If he fails, there's a whole lot of things that go wrong. And I'm thinking about this guy. He must be thinking, oh, no big deal. I mean, the whole rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the blood of Jesus Christ and the bloodline of Jesus, the whole Bible depends on me. That's a lot of pressure. He can't fail. He needs help. He needs guidance. He needs direction. He needs a GPS system. He needs assurance that when I go and I look at that lady, I've got to know she's the right wife for my master's son, Isaac. I gotta get this job done. But he doesn't know how to get it done. It's too big for him. It's too hard for him. It's too difficult for him. It's too challenging for him. It's out of his league, and yet he's been assigned to do it. He needs help. He needs guidance. He needs direction. He needs leadership, and he needs assurance. I tell you what I like about Genesis 24. He needed help. He needed guidance. He needed direction. He needed leadership. He needed assurance. Watch this now. He got it. Everybody say he got it. Hey, listen to me. It's one thing to need something. It's another thing to get something. How many of you need some money? Needing something is a whole lot different than having some money. How many of you need that PSI-5 right now? It's a difference to need it than to actually have. Hey, let me tell you something. He needed guidance and he got it. I want you to look at this verse, verse number 27. There are three words, four words in this verse that I want you to notice. The Lord led me. Everybody say that together. The Lord led. Say it again. The Lord led. Now, wait a minute. Don't say it like it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Not my mama, not my daddy, not my preacher, not my friend, not my coach, not my boss, not the president, not some movie star, not some athlete, not some celebrity, not my girlfriend, not my boy. No, 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 no. The Lord led me. And I'm just talking about any God. I'm talking about the one God. I'm talking about the one who took the stars and put them in place and put the sun and put it in space. I'm talking about the moon that's hanging up there. I'm talking about the one that took from the dust of the ground and formed man and breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I'm talking about the God who can do everything, who knows everything, who's everywhere at the same time, who never changes, who was, who is, and is to come. The righteous God, the true God, the holy God, the just God, the merciful God, the loving God, the fair God, the good God, the gracious God, the holy God, the awesome God, the one God. I'm not talking about the big daddy upstairs. I'm not talking about the butler you ring the bell for when you get thirsty. I'm not talking about a word you say before you cuss. I'm talking about the king of kings and the lord of lords. When there was nobody, there was God. When there was nothing, there was God. He didn't make the world out of something. He made something out of nothing. Listen to me. There are a whole lot of people on the, in the world that can impress you, but there's only one God. Listen what this servant said. That God led me. Wow. And there was no way I could fail because the Lord led me. But why'd the Lord lead him? 
He says in the verse, before he says, the Lord led me, he makes this statement, I being in the way. I being in the way. Everybody listening tonight and looking up here, say those words with me. I being in the way. Say it again. I being in the way. All the boys. All the girls. Oh, I love it that it sounds different when boys and girls talk. Everybody together? I was in the way. In the way. Here's what this fellow is saying. The Lord led me, but he didn't lead me by accident. The Lord led me. He didn't lead me because I was lucky. The Lord led me. He didn't lead me because he picked my ticket out of a basket. The Lord led me. He didn't lead me because it was my turn. He didn't lead me because of what color I am. He didn't leave me because of what family I was born in. He didn't leave me because I bribed him. He didn't leave me because I make a certain amount of money. He didn't leave me because I have a certain name brand clothes on. He didn't leave me because I make good grades in school. He led me because I was in the way. Amen. I was in the way. Well, fellow, what you mean you were in the way? I was in the spot. I was in the place. I was in the location. I was in the zone. I was in the book. Watch this. I was where God wanted me to be. And because I was where God wanted me to be, he led me. Watch this now. God can lead anybody, but God will lead nobody who's not in the way. Let me say that again. God can lead anybody, but God will lead nobody who's not in the way. Now, this fellow left the house under pressure. He had an assignment he could not complete, a job he could not do, a responsibility that was way beyond his capabilities, and yet failure was not an option. But I tell you what he got. He got a hundred proof cure to know that exactly what I needed I would get because God Almighty led me, but he had to be in the way. I want to tell you why I want to take the next few moments and preach this message to young people because I'm talking to young people who are living life under pressure. Under pressure. This fellow's under pressure. I can't go back to Abraham and say I couldn't find her. I can't go back to my master and say I can't locate her. I can't go back to my master and say, oops, I brought the wrong one. I have to get it right. But I don't know how. But I know who does know how. The Lord. And I need God to get out in front of me so I can follow him. I need God to get out in front of me so he can lead me. I need God to get out in front of me so he can show me. I need God to get out in front of me so he can guide me. Why? Because I got a job that I cannot fail at. Now listen to me. We'll bring you to church and tell you to do right, listen to the right kind of music, hang around the right kind of friends, obey your parents, read your Bible, pray, don't do the wrong things, don't go to the wrong places, don't have the wrong thoughts, don't watch the wrong TV shows, don't look at the wrong websites, don't click on the wrong television show. We tell you all those things and some of you are thinking, yeah, 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 but you go out to that public school, you go out to that world, you live a life of a 13, 15, 14, 15, 13, 14, 15 year old, and you start thinking, I know I'm supposed to, I know you told me to, but this job is bigger than me. This responsibility is harder than I know how to accomplish. It's more difficult than I know how to do. Listen, I went to school with young people when I was your age. I went to youth rallies when I was your age. I heard good preaching when I was your age. There are some people that heard the same stuff I heard, and yet they're in jail today. Some of them are in hell today. Some of them are living a horrible life today. It's not because they never heard the truth. Listen to me now. They didn't know how to handle the pressure. Life's too hard for you to figure it out on your own. God never expected you to figure it out. He figured it out for you. He wants you to let him lead you. 
but you got to be in the way. Tonight, I want to teach you how to know if you're in the way. Well, what's the big deal about being in the way? You can't get led if you're not in the way. I don't care how much preaching you hear, you're not going to be able to live the Bible unless you got God leading you and he won't lead you if you're not in the way. I don't care who your parents are, God's not going to lead you because your mama's a good Christian and your daddy's a good Christian. God's not going to lead you because you go to a good church. He's not going to lead you because your pastor loves God. He's not going to lead you because you grew up in the Bible. He's going to lead you because you're in the way and nobody chooses to be in the way for you. You got to choose it for yourself. How do I know if I'm in the way? Number one, there's submission in the way. Now, all these verses are in the passage of Scripture. We won't take time to look at them in depthly, but the Bible says in Genesis 24 that Abraham says to the servant, this is what I want you to do. Several times the Bible says Abraham said, Abraham said, Abraham said. Hmm. Here's what Abraham's saying to that, saying to that servant. You want to find my son Isaac a wife? You got to do what I said. Watch your time. You can't get the job done as a Christian unless you learn how to do what God said. Now, somebody tell me where in the world you find what God said. Come on now, talk to me. In the Bible. Listen, David said in Psalm 119, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and I hate every false way. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey, than the honeycomb. Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. This book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make the way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. John says sanctify them by thy truth for thy word is truth. Hebrew says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You say why are you saying all those words? Here's what Hebrews is saying. Not only do you read your Bible, if you read it long enough, your Bible will read you. It'll get all up in your business. People say, I don't understand the Bible. Some people say, I don't even know if the Bible's really true. Somebody say, I don't believe the Bible. Man wrote the Bible. Somebody say, somebody needs to show me some history lesson to show me that the Bible is actually God's work. You don't need a history lesson. Open up to Genesis chapter 1 and read all the way through Revelation 22. And somewhere between Genesis 1 and Revelation 22, the light bulb's going to come on. You're going to find some things happening in your heart and go, who told him that about me? How in the world would he know that? How in the world would he say that? There's no book that reads you better than the Bible. You don't need a history lesson to find out the Bible's true. Read the whole thing. You'll know for sure after you've read it, it's true. I agree with Gomer Pyle. Shazam. Amen. Now, I hear young people say all the time, I want God to lead me. I want God to lead me. I want God to direct me. How's he going to lead you if you won't do what he said? Teenagers say to me all the time, I know what the Bible said, What? but, but, I know what the Bible says, but. I know the Bible says I shouldn't talk that way, but. I know the Bible says I shouldn't watch that, but. I know the Bible says I shouldn't do like that with my parents, but. I know the Bible says I should obey, but. I know the Bible says I should go to church, but. No, 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 no. No, but if God says it, you got to do it. There's submission in the way. Number two, there's supplication in the way. This guy prayed. He stopped and prayed. The Bible says in verse number 12, he said, Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham. Please picture this story. 
Here's Abraham, Abraham talking to the servant. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to my homeland, and when you get over there, I want you to find the right wife for my son. I don't want you to take my son to her. I want you to bring her back to my son. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir, master. Exactly what you said I'm going to do. You want me to go over to your country? You want me to find the right woman? You want me to bring her back? Don't bring Isaac to her. Bring her back to Isaac. Aye, aye, captain. Exactly what you said. He must have left Abraham and said, I understand. I got the job down. I'm going to get it done. And he probably left the house and said, what in the world did I just agree to? I can't figure that out. Why did I tell him yes? Hey, you ever gone to church and heard a great message and thought, yes, I'm going to do exactly what the preacher said. And you got home and found out it was a whole lot harder than you thought. You go to a youth conference and all these teenagers get up at the end of the youth conference and say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to read my Bible every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You write it down in your book. I'm going to read my Bible every single day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you get up tomorrow morning and go, oops, I forgot to read my Bible. Listen to me. It's tough. When you say yes to God, you're going to need more than just the words to say yes. You're going to need prayer for God to help you keep your yes. Pray. God needs your help. I just told my master yes. I just came to this altar and said yes. I just told my parents yes. I just told God I would do it, but I need help. He says, God, I'm getting ready to go look for this woman. You let her be the one that I'm looking for. So he asked God. He said, God, when I ask the woman for water, let the woman say, now, I not only have water for you, I'll give water to you and the camels. He said, God, let that be proof that she's the right woman. He's praying. If you want to think right, do you ask God to help you think right? God, I want, God, I want to have good friends. Won't you pray about it? I want to read my Bible more. Pray about it. I want to bring more people with me to church. Pray about it. Stop making decisions and then leaving God out of your decisions. If you tell God yes, then ask God to help you keep your yes. So he goes up to the woman. May I have something to drink? Look what she said. I have water for you and the camels. Oh, right about that time, he must have heard those sound. Ding, 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 ding. That's her. Hey, well, number three, there's success in the way. There's submission in the way. Everybody say submission. submission. There's supplication. Everybody say supplication. Yeah. Supplication is another word for prayer. prayer. Success in the way. I mean, watch this now. Good things happen when you're in the way. I was a youth pastor for a long time. Rarely did I ever come to church and have a teenager see me on Sunday morning and say, Pastor, I want to tell you something. God answered my prayer this week. It ought to happen. Amen. You know what I hear? They say, oh, I scored this many points in my game this week. I got this new cell phone this week. I went out to Disney World this week. I bought these new pair of shoes this week. Look where we went. This is this restaurant I ate at this week. Hey, how about a teenager coming to church and say, I've been praying about something for a long time. God answered my prayer this week. That's how we know if you're in the way. You listening up here, fellas, on the second row? Hey, fellas. Hey, hey, buddy. You listening? Y'all pay attention? Oh, yeah, you're going to be ready to win that basketball goal, but if you keep talking, I'm going to tell them, put your ticket back in the bucket. All right, now, so you got to pay attention. Pay attention. Hey, look, hey, didn't I say if you're in the way, you got to have submission? Huh? Can you imagine coming in here tonight 
and them saying, in order to win, you got to fill out the form to get your ticket in there. And you finish at the end of the night and you go, why didn't I ever win? And they say, did you fill out a form and get your ticket? No. Well, you can't expect to win if you don't follow instructions. You got a bunch of kids out there trying to live the Christian life. And they say, why don't I ever live the Christian life? Why don't I ever win? Why does the devil always beat me up? Why do I keep making mistakes? You got to learn to follow instructions. There's success in the way. Hey, hey, listen, you're in the way. God's going to answer your prayers. God's going to provide your needs. God's going to give you, listen, God's going to help you do right. I don't care what everybody else is in the world doing. You can think right if you're in the way. You can live right. If you, you can wait until God shows you who you want to marry before you mess up. There's success in the way. Number four, I call this, they're shouting in the way. This is Genesis 24, 27 in the middle of wherever he was. Once he found out that was the right woman, he started praising God. Blessed be the Lord God of our master Abraham. Everybody say, blessed be the Lord. Lord. Say it loud, blessed be the Lord. Lord. Oh, that's shouting. You ever gone to church and seen some adults shouting in the church? You you seen that before? (laughs) You ever looked at them and said, they're kind of crazy. You know what? If God did for you what he did for them, you might be crazy too. I I remember when I was a kid, I used to hear my mom. She would pray and she'd pray. Oh, God, I love you. Thank you for your saving grace. And then she'd pray again. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Thank you for your saving grace. And then the next time we pray, she'd say, Dear Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Thank you for your saving grace. I said, Mom, why do you keep saying that? She said, because I love him. Then in 1990, she got cancer. You know what she said? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Thank you. I said, Mom, you got cancer. She said, I still love him. 1992, she got cancer again. 360 hours of chemotherapy, radiation, lost all of her hair. You know what she prayed? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Thank you for your saving grace. Then 14 years later, in 2006, the cancer came back. She had seven surgeries in one year. I talked to her after major reconstruction. She was up in Chicago, Illinois. I called her on a Sunday morning. I said, Mom, how you doing? She said, not well. I said, Mom, you don't have to hurt. They have medication that's prescribed to you. Take the medication, you'll feel better. My mom doesn't like to take medication. I said, take it, it'll help you with your pain. She said, I'm not feeling bad because of pain. I said, then what's wrong? She said, I'll tell you what's wrong. I'm feeling bad because for the first time since I had you and in the hospital years and years ago, I'm missing church on a Sunday. Why in the world was she in the hospital after seven surgeries, still upset over missing church? She had learned something over the years. Cancer came, cancer came again, and cancer came a third time. But she learned something about God. Even in the hard times, he's still good. See, young people, don't ever let anybody take your shout from you. I don't care how cool people are around you. I don't care what the world says, that it's cool to cuss, and it's cool to sing the rap songs, and it's cool to know all the crazy, and it's cool to chase the girls, and it's cool to make fun of people, and it's cool to disrespect your parents, and it's cool to skip class, and it's cool to do things that people say you shouldn't do, and it's cool to run run away from the police officers, and it's cool to smoke, and it's cool to drink, and it's cool to do all that stuff. And even if it's legal, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's smart 
Jumping off a building's legal, but it's stupid. I don't care what the world tells you makes sense. I don't care what the world tells you is smart. I don't care what the world tells you cool. I'm telling you, there's still nothing like letting it be known without any shame that my God is good. Somebody's got to be unashamed to shout to the Lord. Nine people in this room got saved last night. I hope those nine people will go to their school. Maybe they'll go to their science class at a public school and find the teacher with his glasses on the bottom of his nose and a bunch of dandruff on his jacket and say, now a tadpole came out of the water and then the tadpole turned into a monkey and then the monkey turned into a human being. I wish one of those nine would go to that science teacher and say, I beg to differ, Mr. Hymenbacher. The, the tadpole didn't turn into a monkey and the monkey didn't turn into a man. God made man from the dust of the ground. And that same God, that same God, the same God that made me last night up the road at Victory Baptist Church, he not only made me, but he saved me. Mama can't save me. Daddy can't save me. Church can't save me. Baptism can't save me. The preacher slapped me upside the head and saying, boom, shaka, laka, laka, can't save me either. But last night, God saved me. Don't ever be ashamed to shout about God. You know what's wrong with this generation today? They're not ashamed of their football team. Come on, come on let, let's just keep it real tonight. We're living in a crazy world. A guy that's born a guy is not ashamed to say I'm a girl. A girl that was born a girl is not ashamed to say I'm a boy. People aren't ashamed to do stuff that the Bible says is a shame. Now, you please tell me why the world can be, go out there and not be ashamed about sin and why those of us that know the Lord are ashamed about God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'll tell you how we know if you're in the way. You won't be ashamed to shout, blessed be the Lord. I'm almost finished. There's steadfastness in the way. Later on, about verse 55 or 56. <laughs> now, understand the story, and I'm doing a lot of summarizing. This servant shows up in a country he's never been to. Finds a woman after he prays. Lord, I'm going to ask the woman for water. If she offers water for me and my camels, then God, that's my way of knowing she's the right one. Guess what? He asks, she answers. Ding, ding, ding. She's the right one. But guess what? She's never met him before. He's never met her before. He can't just walk into her, walk up to her and snatch her up. That's called kidnapping. <laughs> you go to jail for that. She's got a family. He's got to go to her house and convince her family to let him take her over to a person they've never met. Well, he convinces them. He convinces her. He convinces her mother. He convinces her brother. As a matter of fact, they're so sure that this guy is so serious that they actually say, let her go. But in verse 55, 56, you know what they say? Don't go right now. Let her stay for about 10 days. In other words, we're fine with God's plan, but just not right now. Here's a chance for this fella to kind of slow down obeying the master. We're going to do right, but just not right now. We're going to wait about 10 days. They said, can she stay? This is the mother and the brother. Everybody say, the mother and the brother. <laughs> say it again, the mother and the brother. Come on, we got enough black folk up in here to get some rhythm. All right, come on now. It's a, it's a, the mother and the brother. There you go. Now look, here they are. Can she stay 10 days? Now, I'm going to paraphrase. This is what this fellow looks at them and says. 10 days. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I left the house and promised my master that I was going to find his son Isaac a wife. I came over here scared to death, didn't know how I was going to do it. I prayed the whole way, God, please help me. I asked God to show me if it was the right woman to let her offer water to me and the camels. I want to tell you something, sir. I want to tell you something, ma'am. A few moments ago, I met your sister. I met your daughter. I asked her for water. You know what your sister and your daughter said to me? She said, yes, I'll give water to you and the camels. Y'all don't know, but I know that's the girl that's supposed to marry my master's son. I know she's it. I put bracelets on her. I put jewelry on her. And I got a man waiting to meet her for the first time because he's going to marry her. And y'all trying to keep her for 10 days. You better hug your brother. You better kiss your mama. Send them a postcard at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Get up here on this camel and come on here, girl. We got to finish this thing. Now watch this now. You're, sit you're sitting here in this conference tonight. And God's working in your heart. But there's a devil when you leave here. You know what he'll tell you? I know what you said you'd do, but you don't have to do it right now. You, you, listen, you don't have to live for God now. Just wait till you get older. Just, just put it off a little longer. You don't have to read tomorrow. Just, just read once a week. You, look, look, you don't have to go to church every week. Just go for the teen spectacular. Just go for the prizes. Just go for the gift card. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. Come here to church on Sunday. There won't be a basketball goal given away. There won't be gift cards. But I'll tell you what there will be. There will be a good Bible message that will last you a low, whole lot longer than a PS5 will. How do we know if you're in the way? Because you stick it out. Stick it out. I'm almost finished. Isaac is back home waiting. <laughs> and the Bible says, in verse number 63, that Isaac went out to meditate. Anybody ever meditated before? Let's meditate. Come on. Come on. Close your eyes. Meditate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hum with me. Hum. Come on. Do it again. Hum. All right. Now watch this now. Here's Isaac meditating. Here. I'm going to tell you how I think if I were Isaac, I'd be meditating. Hum. Lord, Lord, Lord. I'm a single man. Lord, 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 I need me a woman. Lord, 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 I, I want to get married. Lord, 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 I'm trying to get married soon. But Lord, 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 I don't even get to pick my own wife. <laughs> Lord, 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 my daddy's servant is picking for me. So Lord, in the name of the God who made the stars in space and put the moon in place and made the sun hanging on nothing that it never falls down, the God who took from the dust of the ground and formed man and breathed the man's nostril, the breath of life, the God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, ever-changing, and always has been and always will be. I pray, God, if you ever let that master have good sense, I pray you give him good eyesight, 20-20 vision. I pray you give him wisdom. I pray you give him guidance. And I pray, God, that if he ever made the right decision, he made it today. I pray that he picks a wife that knows how to fry chicken. <laughs> I pray that she picked a wife that knows how to wash dishes. 
I pray you picked a wife that knows how to change diapers. I pray you picked a wife that's so kind and sweet. I pray that she loves God. I pray that she reads the Bible. I pray that she prays. I pray that she's nice to people. I pray that she has a good relationship with her parents. I pray that she has a wonderful personality. But I pray God in the name of Jesus, who's not even going to be born for several thousand years. But I pray that that woman that my master, my daddy's master picks for me is a beautiful woman. And I think, don't you think he's meditating? If somebody was picking your wife, wouldn't you be meditating? And around the corner, here she comes on the camel. Everybody say, I don't know if that's camel song, is it? I want you to picture when Rebecca, listen to me now, comes riding on that camel to see. He, he has no idea what she's going to look like. And here she comes around the corner. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. And here she comes. And I'm telling you, the first time Isaac opened his eyes from that meditation session and he looks at Rebecca, I imagine he says something like this. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> he probably said, Blessed be the Lord. <laughs> now look at the passage of Scripture. Verse 64. Isaac sees Rebecca says, Hubba, hubba, she's a looker. Now look, look, no, 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 look at 64. Rebecca lifted up her eyes and saw Isaac. She ain't seen him before. He sees her. <laughs> she sees him. Verse 64. And when she saw Isaac, notice what the Bible said. She lighted off the camel. She looked at him. He looked so good. The Bible says she took a lighter and smoked a cigarette. He looked so good. No, I'm just kidding. That's not the camel they're talking about. She jumped off the camel. He sees her hubba hubba. She sees him and she goes, he is fine. <laughs> and Abraham goes, look at my son. And look at that girl. You know what Abraham's going? Oh, good looking son, good looking daughter in law, great looking grandbabies. <laughs> hey, watch this. But I'm gonna tell you who's the happiest right now. That servant. You know what that servant's thinking? Whew. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I told Abraham I would find his son Isaac a wife. I agreed. I said, yes, sir. I signed on to this. I promised I would bring her back. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Somehow, I went to the right place, found the right girl. Watch this up. It was a miracle that I found her, but it was even a bigger miracle that she came back with me. These two are right for each other. They're going to get married. They're going to have kids. She's going to lose her slipper, but they're going to find it and take it to the... Oh, no, that's a different story. But, uh, <laughs> they're going to live happily ever after for one reason. The Lord led me. Now look here, these boys and girls here tonight, from different areas, 
different parents, different backgrounds, different colors, different ages. But every last one of us living under pressure. Hey, hey, wait till you're a parent. You want to talk about pressure? Raising kids? <laughs> Some of you in here, oh, it's hard to be 15 years old. You don't got no bills. It ain't hard. My kids come home from school and say, oh, it's been a rough day. Rough? You rode in the car that I pay for. I put the gas in there. You don't pay no rent. You can't spell mortgage. Oh, it's, it's hard being a teenager. I've got cell phones that don't always work all the time. Wait till you got to pay for them. I'm not saying it's easy to be a teenager. It is pressure. You're never going to live at any stage in life without pressure. Life's always bigger than you. The task is always harder than you. The job is more difficult than you. But I'm glad there's a God that'll lead us. I said there's a God that'll lead us. But there's one requirement. You got to be in the way. You got to be where he can lead you. By the way, if you're here tonight, you're not 100% sure if you died today, you'd go to heaven. <laughs> Thomas said, how can we know the way? <laughs> Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the light. No man comes unto the Father but by no, Watch this now. Going to heaven is too big for you to accomplish. There's only one way to go to heaven. You got to be in the way. Hey, what's in the way? In Christ. See, when you meet Jesus, he took death for you. Because he died, you can live. My prayer is that every single young person in the building will be in the way. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.